Welcome back to another episode of Run Yogi Diaries. This is your host Santosh Shiva. If you're new to the channel, please do remember to subscribe, hit like if you like this conversation, and leave your comments below and let us know what you took away. In the house today, I have Manish Rai. Manish Rai, who lives in the Bay Area, is a multi-time Ironman finisher. And most interestingly, he has worked out for the last 18 years. So he's made that a habit. But uh, his journey into Ironman started off uh, primarily as a swimmer. He went on to becoming a long-distance cyclist and then jumped into the one of Ironman. We get behind the scenes on what keeps him going and some top principles and ideas that has worked for him that all of us can learn from. I hope you enjoyed this conversation. Uh, let's dig in. Hey Manish, welcome to Run Yogi Diaries. Hey Santosh, good afternoon. How are you? Good. I'm doing great and even better because I have you on the show. Thank you for me having me here. So it's wonderful uh, to be here. It, it's a pleasure. It's a pleasure. You know, uh, so of course uh, we met because we have some common friends and uh, I've been reading uh, a little bit about your own journey into Ironman. Uh, so we have a lot to learn about uh, from your own personal experiences. But before that, I want to maybe uh, do a quick introduction of who you are and then we'll go from sure. there. Sure, sure, right? absolutely. Wonderful. So uh, Manish, from what I know, you're uh, Manish Rai, uh, originally from from Calcutta, uh, moved yeah. to US maybe uh, you know a couple of decades ago, worked yeah. in the tech industry in the Bay Area, live in the Bay Area, married, kids, um, all that good stuff. Uh, right? Uh, yes, did absolutely. I miss something? No, so you know that's that's our part of the story. <laughs> okay, great. So, um, so Manish, uh, I think what we should do is uh, do a bit of a flashback, right? Uh, we're sure, here to learn sure. about uh, your incredible journey into Iron Man, and you know, these days um, we do uh, encounter people, uh, especially in our community, the South Asian community, where people are doing Iron Man, but it's a it's a recent phenomena. Until recently, you didn't hear about uh, people doing an Ironman, which is a full marathon, 112 miles of bicycling, and then prior to that, uh, almost what I think two miles of uh, uh, four swimming. Miles swim. two, yeah, swimming, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. So yeah. let's get into it. How did you get into this? How did it all start? So I'll kind of work backwards. I mean, it was by chance that I, uh, you know, chanced upon Team Asha. But I'll go back, uh, you know, if I go back all the way to my school days and, you know, college days, I think I was always fairly active. I used to play a mm. lot of cricket. Uh, you know, I used to play a few other sports. I was always into some kind of, you know, weight training or something or the other. So I was always fairly active. I loved being active. Mm. Mm. And it just carried along, like you said, a couple of decades ago, you know, came to U.S. at kids. But all along, I say it was somehow part of my habit to just stay active. I kind of follow mm. a rule of an hour a day. Uh, interesting stats. This is my 18th year of not missing a day of workout. Wow! So, yeah, <laughs> so I've always been yeah, I've always been fairly active. I think hashtag, kind of, hmm? hashtag power of habits. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, the power of habits, absolutely. So, I think kind of you know where it started, the dots started to move towards uh, you know endurance sports and Asha was before this. I was a part of Boy Scouts, so my son was mm. a scout. And I wasn't familiar with how scouting works. So I thought, you know, I'll just become a scout master. That'll make me 
super familiar with how scouting works. So I was there, there with uh, Boy Scouts for like six or seven years as a scout master. It's just so happened that Boy Scouts also has a few things that are called high adventure. Hmm. So that's not something that everybody is inclined to go. Uh, it was a little heavy duty stuff. So I said, okay, I'll take the heavy duty stuff. But then, you know, then I'm kind of a little bit free throughout the year. Hmm. So the high adventures in Boy Scouts include there is a, a scuba diving, there's backpacking, you know, you, you wow. get into canoeing and there's a lot of other stuff that goes on. So I started that. Interestingly, so there is a, what is called a Mecca of scouting. Uh, there is a mm-hmm. ranch in New Mexico. It's called Philmont. So Philmont is almost uh, almost quarter million acres of like mountain land that boy that Boy Scouts has, and then you know all the adjacent areas around. It's in Rockies. It's in New Mexico. Okay. So I was supposed to take like eight or nine of these kids for a two-week backpacking. So this is some mm-hmm. serious amount of backpacking. You're starting at six thousand feet elevation. You know you're covering almost ten, twelve, some days fifteen, seventeen miles with all your you know, pack and everything. So mm-hmm. I kind of felt the need for cycling or some training for legs. So somebody said, hey, here is a team, Asha, why don't you go and do uh, cycling with them? And mm-hmm. I approached them. The season was already kind of, you know, quarter way through, but they were gracious enough to let me in. Did that. I did that for a couple seasons. By the time scouting was kind of going down because my son graduated. Uh, <clears throat> but and what year was this? What year are we talking about? I think 2017 is, or 2017 or 2018 is when I joined uh, Asha Cycling. And the mm. whole purpose was I get some t- training for my legs so I can right, do right. The, that backpacking trip better. Mm. And it did help. It did help quite a bit. I ended up doing that trip. It was a fabulous trip, uh, Philmont. And then I continued. I think, you know, just the Asha is a wonderful group, by the way. Uh, it's a group that uh, it's a nonprofit. Uh, there are a couple hundred people, at least in the Bay Area amazing group of people uh, very helpful uh, yeah. so and you know asha raises money for um, schools in india underprivileged schools in india very noble mm-hmm. cause so it's always mm-hmm. good to do something that eventually contri- contributes to some giving back that uh, somehow yeah. or you know one way or the other i always love doing so scouting everything right. else right. i think i always took it as a part of giving back so making sure uh, making mm-hmm. sure all the Wealthy Indians are uh, exercising and the not-so-well-to Indians are getting some money in the process, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Wealthy Indians are exercising so they can work longer and they can make more money and they can give <laughs> yeah. more money back, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, no, but cause, amazing, absolutely. amazing, amazing set of people. The coaches, yeah, the guards, yeah, yeah. you know, the people who help. Just amazing, amazing. I mean, remember, yeah. everybody, recall, everybody is doing just because they want to contribute. There is no right, right. Uh, remuneration or personal gain involved here, right? right so, it's, right, it's a community. Right. It's a... So, which makes it which makes it all the more what should i say um just the journey worthwhile that you know you're kind mm-hmm. of doing something right, for, right. for a worthy cause so i came over there couple years i was there for two years in the biking program by the time you know my stint with boy scouts was kind of coming to an end uh, <clears throat> and what, the part that it didn't i didn't tell you that growing up i was very close to uh, the river the Ganga River. Mm, mm, so mm. any free time would always go in the water. So I was always super wow. comfortable with water. I was never trained. But there are days where we would spend like three hours, four hours, five hours in the water, just, you know, playing, having fun because the water was pretty yeah. close. So nice. I thought at that time, I thought cycling was covered. I kind of knew how to swim. So the only part I had to figure out was run. I never ran, mm. ran per se. Mm. Um, so I approached Rajiv, uh, Rajiv Char, who's the coach for tri-team and he was very encouraging so mm-hmm. i got started then i did a half ironman that looked like fun so i said okay i've done half might as well try full 
and I got onto mm. full, and then the whole series of chain of events started. And I'll tell you a little bit more later. But that's how I got onto it. But like okay. even going back, you know, I'll tell you an interesting thing. I was in Calcutta two weeks ago, three weeks ago. Mm. Okay. Mm. The friends that I played cricket with, like almost 40 years ago, they all show up. You play cricket in the morning. So, you know, just being active was always part yeah. of it. I have friends like, I'll tell you, there's an amazing friend that I have. His name is Prakash Kanodia. We call him PK. Shows up the first thing in the morning with a bat and a ball. And then, you know, we play cricket. So that has always been there with me. I always just yeah. wanted to stay active. Yeah, lovely, lovely. And, you know, interestingly, um, you are probably one of those people uh, uh, guests I have had in the show uh, who uh, was comfortable with swimming and the, uh, the yeah. word, and that was not regular swimming but out you know open water swimming if True. you've uh, had you know right so that's something that most of us have had to pick up later in our lives because we haven't lived True. near rivers or water bodies and True. True. right True. so so that's definitely an edge for you right uh, that, that, really I, that was definitely an edge. Yeah, that was definitely a blessing I mean I would tell you I mean there were days you would look at us like a bunch of kids before summer and after summer we looked different because we all the skins were all burnt we all looked black because we had, you know spent like yeah. hours and hours in the day the whole summer that's what we did so yeah. i was very lucky to grow next to water i think that's one secondly i somehow just have a good affinity for water right so right. and and what about way, swimming um, is one sport swimming is one mm -hmm. sport by the way where i think the only sport where you feel more fresh at the end of it than at the beginning of it right right and, and what about uh, technical aspects of swimming? Now, I know that you learned swimming, you know, in, as a playful manner, right? Uh, you, yeah. So, but you're comfortable. But when you get into the world of triathlon, it gets very technical. People are uh, shaving, trying to shave off those seconds in those swims and bicycles. So, did you have to kind of get more technical when you started the triathlon journey or was it pretty much so organic? Kind of, no. I mean, I, I was a decent swimmer, I would say. Okay, just on, okay. trained on my own. I was a decent swimmer. So, just to give you an idea, I think I would do like 230, 240 or 100 yards in mm -hmm. the water just mm -hmm. on my own. Over like, you know, years before joining Asha, there were some, you know, pre-masters, masters program I joined just to mm -hmm. keep the momentum. So, I would get mm -hmm. some tips on how to do. I used to swim with people who would swim regularly, but I never trained, trained per se. Now, here's the other thing. Mm. Uh, Ironman is a 17-hour thing, right? Mm. You have to know where you're going to get the best return for your uh, uh, effort. Swimming, right, if right. I do, and I did do one or two, like, you know, uh, some clinics here, there. I think I was able to bring my time down by like 20 seconds per 100 yards. Mm, mm, mm. But in swimming, uh, if you're super fast, you go an hour. If you're kind of my mm. space, which is average, you do like 120, 130. So mm. do I get better bang for the buck there or somewhere else? I, think I can get yeah. better bang for the buck somewhere else. As long as I'm clearing the cutoff. And by the way, I'm somewhat stronger on the bike. I think of the three, that's where I'm the strongest. So mm. I meet the cutoffs very easily. So as long as I can get through the cutoff, in swimming, it's usually two hour 20. And okay. last year, the two IMs I did, uh, first one, I did it in like 58, 59 minutes. It was down current. The other one was standing water. I think I did 129. So I, I usually save, you know, an hour even from the cutoff. So it's never been that big of a problem. So I right. never got like right. too technical on that. Right, right. No, that that's actually a good uh, insight for most uh, people who want to foray into triathlons as well, right? Um, because, um, you know, I started triathlons uh, last year. Uh, I've done the sprint and the Olympic distance. And, you know, when I was in these forums, uh, a lot of people would be very freaked out about swimming. But I think what you're saying is right. 
if you are if you're an average swimmer you can still do well in you know a half iron and iron because the 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 the, return, the bang for the buck is not necessarily there even if you get a little faster right that's one and second thing santosh i'll say that i think when i notice people i think they get too anxious about uh, you know just signing up with a coach and trying to make too hmm. quick a progress on a lighter note first thing i tell you go count 100 hours in the pool okay hmm. first spend that 100 hours in the pool get used to it get comfortable get comfortable with the idea of you know breathing and just staying in water right and right. then start to look how you slowly want to improve hmm. i sometimes think that i notice many people they try to just jump too quick quickly to too many things get mm. your time in the pool first get comfortable with water and then you know if you sp- counted your let's say 100 hours i think you'll slowly start to figure out what to do and how to improve it's not that big a deal but you have to put in time yeah yeah no that 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 definitely makes sense so uh coming back to your own uh, first uh, ironman right so you mm-hmm. did the half iron uh and then you signed up for the ironman uh tell us a little bit about that how was it uh how was how did first of all how did life change once you signed up for an ironman training and then uh, how did the first ironman go so i'll tell you the most interesting part probably of my journey which now looking back it is interesting but sometimes it was a little disheartening uh <clears throat> not exactly disheartening but sometimes you know you get a little bit disappointed i had to train for four full cycles before i actually got to the start line so mm. the reason and there is also some amazing you know memories along the way which i would call highlights so when i started training for the first full ironman we trained almost 6 7 months and then covid hit this so, is 2019 2020 2019 right? 20 yeah 19 would be 19 mm-hmm. yeah <clears throat> so covid hit and the, it got postponed it got postponed so that's how i lost the first cycle mm-hmm. uh, i'll hold something and i'll come back to it later that's a very interesting thing that i'll share mm-hmm. with you it's something really amazing um then i trained for the second one and interestingly in that whole year i don't think it rained in sacramento but that was one day where it rained like i think few inches the mm. winds were 35 to 40 miles per hour strong they ended up canceling it that mm. was just one day that rained i drove 20 miles from that there was no rain so i lost the second one due to um due to weather then mm. i thought i was well trained for the third one so this was 2022 so i showed up at uh, tulsa and guess what that's when you know things were opening up i had gone to seattle for some workshop uh, like 40 people in the room i picked up there and on when i landed there i knew i had a little bit of a flu so mm. i think i was 90 95% ready but you know when you're putting your body through 15 hours of grind you don't want to start unless you are 100% sure Mm-hmm. so i decided not to start could i have started yeah i could have started but i didn't think it was worth taking a chance because these mm-hmm. things again to me is a part of lifestyle it's not a one time thing so you don't want to crash right. and burn so back off then in the fourth cycle is sacramento and that's when i reached the start line after training for four full cycles mm. so that's kind of the little bit of a journey uh a few highlights along the way would be because i was doing all this i had done a few ironmans uh half ironman sorry a few mm-hmm. half ironmans i also did the alcatraz swim just because you know when you're part of the team they do things you do a mm-hmm. lot of interesting stuff i ended up doing the bay to sorry bridge to bridge swim that's from bay bridge to sorry golden gate bridge to bay bridge that's almost like a 10k swim mm-hmm. um so many memories along the way i did death ride by the way that was also part of the whole journey death ride is a it's a it's a ride with 
uh, tremendous amount of climb. It's almost like 14,000 feet of climb that you do in like 12 hours. Mm-hmm. So did that. But doing all of that, uh, Santos just made sure that when I was at the start line, you have a very good handle on how pretty much every mile mm-hmm. is going to go. Mm-hmm. So it's no more anxiety. It's just making sure that you start, you follow what you have done for a couple of years. And I have to say just because while doing four cycles wasn't fun, uh, it did make me fitter than what I was before. It also made sure that every mile up until the last mile that I executed on uh, Sacramento was exactly how I wanted to do it. So it was perfectly to the plan. So that that was the highlight. I think I was very well prepared. (coughs) Part of that also goes to the fact that, you know, I had to go through four or four cycles to get to the start line. Yeah. So that's amazing. I mean, four cycles of training, uh, definitely a confidence, right? Because uh, you've kind of built a certain body of training behind you. And second is, of course, you all, I also think emotionally, you're probably, you know, excited, looking forward to it. And you're like, man, I want to get it done. I'm ready for it. It's the opposite of anxiety, right? You're like, absolutely. Like, man, you I want to get check it, it off. Yeah. <laughs> it's it not off. a doubt that you can do it. It's like, just check it yeah. off and move yeah. on. It's like, you know, something on your back just uh, hangs there forever. So, yeah, yeah. So you mentioned you did the Alcatraz. Now Alcatraz, um, uh, you, you know, I've seen some of the pictures and I've seen some of the videos. It sounds, it sounds, it looks very intimidating. Was it intimidating or was it? Uh, it, it just looks so it intimidating. Off the off the few open water swims that I've done, I haven't done a lot. I think if I count all the open water swims, it's like you know uh, that were either an event or something. I think it's less than ten. Alcatraz was a little bit of, I think probably one of the more challenging ones, even though it was not the mm. longest ones. It is a little bit challenging, but I think 80-90% of it you iron out in your training. If you train mm. properly, your body is trained to the duration, you know, that you have to swim, similar water, similar temperature, your gears, you know, everything. The first five, seven minutes can be a little bit unnerving because you're dealing with like, you know, uh, you're swimming back from a place which is almost two miles away from the shore, right? Mm. Uh, you haven't done that before. So getting used to that and also in the middle, getting handling the current that comes a little bit. It can be challenging. It can be intimidating if you have not trained for it well. But if you have trained for it well, I think a lot of it becomes uh, mechanical, which is why mm. training is very important. I mean, especially in endurance sports for people who want to do. I mean, I think the biggest, biggest thing that I would um, say my takeaway was and I would suggest somebody's train for it put a plan work with somebody follow the plan train for it so that when you show up it's a matter of executing what you have learned and not necessarily trying to be uh, trying to do something magical on the last day mm-hmm. because that's so when you say get injuries that's where people get hurt and you want to make it a part of your life not something that you do and get hurt mm-hmm. no I completely completely uh, you know, makes sense. So coming back to the Alcatraz experience, right? So when you say um, training for something like an Alcatraz, um, and give us a sense uh, so the listeners get a sense of what what it uh, what is Alcatraz uh, swim involved. And you talked about currents, right? Something like currents. Yeah. How does yeah. one get prepared for something like that? Uh, I mean, how does one train for something like that? So I think I, I'm going to break it into two, three parts. One, when you're swimming Alcatraz, so Alcatraz, for those of you who may not be aware, it's an island that's a uh, uh, little north of San Francisco, I think almost a mile and a half if you com- compare the area, if you c- calculate the aerial distance. Swim is usually like two miles. Uh, it's in the middle. That's where the 
prison used to be where they would keep prisoners so that they couldn't escape. Water usually, I think, between 57 and 60, 61 degree Fahrenheit. Uh, it's open water swim. So it's it's cold. It does have current and the direction of tide also matters depending on what time you're swimming. Uh, training, uh, Santosh, break it down into a few parts. One, the temperature, right? So it's a different temperature than you, what you're used to. Second part is the distance. It's a two-mile swim. Right. Third part is it's open water. So you have to get used to that kind of water. So if I go in that order, temperature, you have to train for at least, you know, considerable period of time, I think two, three, four months so that your body is used mm -hmm. to that temperature. Distance, I think you can do a combination. You can do distance in the pool and you can also do open water. So that covers the second part of it. Third part of it is just that kind of current, that kind of water. Luckily, we are not too far from San Francisco. So we would go and practice once a week uh, in a place called Aquatic Park that's uh, in that same waters. So it gets you a feel of the same water, similar temperature, similar conditions. The place is familiar. You've trained over a period of time for the distance. On the last day, you put it all together. And here is something interesting that one of the captains said when we were about to jump. He said, open water swim, what you do is 90% psychological and 60% physical. Mm. And he was so right. I think it's, you know, it's like first four or five minutes. The idea is just settle down, get your, don't lose your breathing, get your breathing in control, settle into a cadence. You get through first four, five, six minutes, and then you realize you're already progressing. And then it's a matter of just doing what you did in, uh, training and keeping the cadence. So mm -hmm. going back uh, uh, to where we started from, I think plan meticulously, no surprises on the last day. And, you know, depending on what you're training for, in this case, we were talking about uh, Alcatraz swim. You take anything, Alcatraz, you take bridge to bridge, you take an Ironman, you take a half Ironman, you do a 5K, kind of work backwards from where you want to be and follow a plan, execute a plan. Uh, I think that's that's the that's the secret sauce. There's yeah, no, nothing no, magical I, I, about it. Makes sense. So the reason I'm asking about Alcatraz specifically is because, you know, a lot of folks who are listening to this um, <laughs> and do not necessarily, some part, some people live in the Bay Area, so they know true, what they talk true. about, but most of them true. would have read about it. And it's it looks very um, uh, you true. Know, unnerving when you look at it, right? And true. when you talk true. about something like uh, uh, tides or, uh, you know, currents, um, people uh, who don't live near the ocean uh, things like currents is like a extremely uh, scary thing, right? So, true, true. so uh, I, what I was trying to see was if what is it that you learn in this training that allows you to manage those kind of situations like a current, right? Because, and first off, how do you know you're in a current, right? Do you feel yeah. like you're being pulled away? And if if you feel like you're being pulled away, what do you do? What what are you taught to do? True, true. So I'm gonna. Break it into two parts, uh, Santosh. Right, right. Firstly, it's my experience, and secondly, uh, you know how somebody else can benefit from my experience. Right, right. So, current, uh, you know, it's a, it's a stream of water that flows one direction or the other, depending on you know time of the day and where you are. So, getting used to the fact that you're getting dragged by an other force, and being mm -hmm. able to being able to navigate through it. So as an example, when you're doing Alcatraz, you know there is going to be a channel of water that's emptying out of the bay. And it's like five, seven minutes. You just have to power through it a little harder. Okay. And also realize the water is going to drag you out. So the swim is almost like a right angle triangle. You mm. are <clears throat> aiming in the front. 
but you know you're going to come out somewhere else but you have to know mm-hmm. that the fact that you know while you t- target and you cite a certain uh, object you're going to come out somewhere else being aware of it training in that water kind of helps that's specific to that now for somebody who's okay. not here like i said we are lucky to be here for somebody who's not here i would almost say that if you're not trained with things like those don't attempt it mm. go to something else that you can find close by there are millions of things that you can do right there is backpacking there is you know mountaineering there is there's n number of things you can do don't try something else out of ordinary because that is mm. where the disasters happen so mm. don't have to do one specific thing somebody does right look right. around yourself what's available where can you challenge yourself uh, where you can train for it and do it don't do something because because somebody else is doing and you don't have access to that kind of environment or resources or training right right makes sense now uh, you also mentioned that um uh you got into the world of iron man now you're strong in swimming that's a, that was a comfort zone you uh, started cycling and it seems like you uh were pretty strong in that and you you also mentioned that running is not necessarily a strength but you've done about four a uh, few iron mans and you have done complete full ma- marathons in those right so yeah. uh so so when you say when you say running is an area that you're trying to uh, find some improvement on Um, mm-hmm. what 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 does that mean like what are you trying to get better at sure sure so like i said swimming was something that i was comfortable with i could improve a little bit i did cycling luckily i was a part of the uh, asha cycling team before i came to triathlon and some things you just figure out that it comes a little bit more naturally to you right so uh, cycling came a little bit naturally to me um so that was not very difficult running interestingly i had never done running running per se till i was like 46 i mean i would play cricket mm. you know played some other sports you do whatever is required but never running running per se <clears throat> yeah, i also yeah. had some ankle injuries from the past so i was you know a little bit scared about uh, uh, running so when i did my first iron man i pretty much walked so i was walking i was run, walking 3 and running 1 that was after like you know four five months of training so it was a 3 is to 1 ratio because again to me it was more about uh, one principle or one thing that has helped me is to focus on the distance and not necessarily mm. speed do the right training focus on the distance um, you know speed is a outcome that you hit up as a as a result of training that you do right mm-hmm. and i had enough time so i did my first uh, half in 3 hours 2 minutes if my memory serves me right mm-hmm. but it was more run and walk again the idea was don't don't create any more injuries for the ankle just mm-hmm. get through the distance mm-hmm. after that and i was to do like 13 minute miles so mm. over last 2 3 years i have specifically done a few things to get better at training again mm. not focusing on the speed just being a better runner knowing okay. um you know just knowing your body uh, i also got injured a few times along the way working with physical therapist the doctor to change the form and uh, you know Uh, work on strength training added a little bit of yoga just to help with injuries and stuff managing my cadence better uh, having a better mm. control over heart rate not losing uh, you know control of your breathing just that if i if i'm strong enough and if i have if i establish a good cadence uh, my heart rate is in check i feel comfortable at it you keep doing it over a period of time i think you will see improvements right so right. over 2 to 2.5 years if i do 15 16 17 mile runs i I I've, I've been able to bring down my speed from 13 to almost 9 9 and a half. 
Now, again, I don't focus on speed. That's one thing that I don't focus on because I I somehow feel that, you know, an extraordinary, uh, an extra focus on speed many times hurts in running, which I don't want to do. But just getting stronger, uh, you know, getting, uh, getting more miles, being more uh, methodical about it, I think helps. Like as an example, now I can go 13, 14, 15 miles without really worrying about it. Two years ago, mm. five miles, six miles would scare me. Right. So mm. I also think that is one area where I have room to improve. I've only been running what I mm. would call a regular running for like two years. I think a little bit more method, a little bit more investment, a little bit more cross training. Mm. I think I'll become a better runner uh, somewhere where it, where it doesn't scare me, if not necessarily faster. Yeah, if I become fast, that's fine, but that's not my goal. Right, right, makes sense. Hey, that that that's that 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 is amazing. Um, so I do want to pivot here and uh, maybe uh, spend a little bit time on you know you've done all these events, you've been. You said you've been working out for 18 years. You said, did I did I get that right? 18 years without missing a day. But I've been working out hours. since I was in seventh seventh grade. I lost an arm wrestling competition to somebody. Next day I was in the gym, and I don't think I left the gym after that. <laughs> okay, so that 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 is incredible. And um, so I want to just kind of pivot into maybe uh, let's pick your top um, principles, yeah. methods, practices that have worked for you which might be useful for people who are listening to this conversation. Sure, absolutely. <clears throat> so if I net everything down, uh, Santosh, to a few things that I think I can pass on as tips to others who can benefit. Um, firstly, I think have a method or a plan. This is not a project or a adventure that you do one fine day. right? I think mm. Being healthy is something that you owe to yourself. Now, in order to be healthy, you can do n number of things. Endurance sports, yes, that's one thing to do. You can do many things. But when you get into, let's say, even endurance sport that I can probably uh, share a little bit experience, follow a plan, have a method, work with a coach. Um, just doing that and following certain basics, I think you're almost reducing your chances of injury or you know, uh, crashing or uh, you know, just uh, terminating what you wanted to do by a large, large mm. percentage. That I would say is absolutely by far the number one thing. Have a plan, follow a plan. If you, the plan somehow doesn't work for you, work with somebody, change the plan, but follow a plan. Right. There has to be a very good method to, um, you know, doing when you're doing some serious endurance sports, have a method, have a plan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, makes sense. Makes sense, and I think just to probably add a little bit uh, uh, more to that, I I think you know one can, uh, you know, when I talk to people who are just starting off on this journey, they're always uh, wondering where to go to find these plans, and one can uh, find books uh, if you're training to uh, run a marathon. You can find a book. There's a book. You can find books on how to train for an Ironman, or like you said, find an actual life coach uh, yeah. who can help you. Uh, structure a plan if that's your style uh, but you're right i mean having uh, you know getting fit is not magic it's a it's a very structured you know day to day things you do to get fitter so you get ready for an event like this correct i mean that's really absolutely uh, absolutely yeah, and i'm sense. just going to add to what you just said uh, santosh nowadays it's much easier to find access to somebody who can 
coach you. There are coaches that mm-hmm. are available online. Like as an example, if you sign up for Ironman, you know, I see there are numerous coaches that you can work remotely with them. Right. Uh, like you said, there are books available. You know, if you're lucky, like I am, there may be teams around you who have mm-hmm. coaches who have done this for years. So they don't, they know exactly how to train. Access mm-hmm. on any of those resources. And, you know, it's also somewhat of, if I make my own plan, I think I'll be in some ways, uh, you know, attached to what I'm planning. So mm-hmm. don't, don't do that. Let somebody else do the planning part of it so that it's a objectively designed plan. It's right. something that is meant for a certain goal as opposed to me trying to hit certain things. So yeah. Yeah. follow a plan, find somebody, find a coach, find a resource and establish a method to what you do. Yep. All right. So that brings me to the second part. You have yeah. the plan. Okay. Yes. Then comes the second part, which is consistency. Hmm. Right. Follow the plan. So you, now you have a plan. Second part is okay. Well, the plan established. I think this is where the rubber hits the road. Right. Consistency. Show up. Do what you can. Right. And uh, you know there will always be hundreds of reasons to not do. Uh, you know what you want to do. But you'll be amazed after you know a few days, few weeks. Once you don't compromise on. Uh, your execution, you you have to do it. Somehow, just becomes a part of your daily routine. After you know, a few, some time, you adjust mm-hmm. your daily routine, you adjust your work schedule, you adjust your priorities, and you uh, you know you execute to the plan. So be consistent. Uh, mm-hmm. You're tired, you're jet lagged, uh, you know, uh, you're sore. Go do sw- swimming. Go do something else. But be mm-hmm. consistent. You know, uh, mm-hmm. don't make it a project. It's a it's a habit. It's a it's a part of your daily life. It's not something that you're doing for a certain period of time. So be consistent. Mm-hmm. Okay, makes sense. Um, third part, I'll say, uh, Santosh, that I think I can advise others is, and I think it's also an advice to myself, is cross train. Mm-hmm. So usually, I find people who focus on one sport. Any sport, most sports, they get, you know, you get injuries. So cross-training is, I would say, something that A, distributes the load that your body takes, uh, prepares you better for the sport. Um, So my biggest advice, which I also try to, you know, it's also always on my to-do do is to cross-train. I think for two reasons. One, it's just a better training. When, you're, when you bike, it makes you a, a better runner. When you run, it makes you a better biker. So it works both ways. Mm-hmm. Secondly, you also have a fallback plan. If something happens, you got injured in running or you got injured in biking, you can always go and swim. You can always go and weight train. You can always go and do some yoga. You can go do some Pilates. But if you had been mixing all of these things and doing these things, you can continue training in one form or the other. It doesn't stop. You're not necessarily pivoted to a single point of failure. Uh, you can work around your injuries and do something else. So A, it makes you better just because you're cross-training. But secondly, it also makes sure that you're not dependent on single point of failures. Mm -hmm. Yeah, makes a lot of sense. And I think especially um, in my view, the the strength training part of it is a critical element, uh, especially for endurance athletes, uh, you know, uh, who are doing a whole bunch of um, repeated activities uh, yeah. Doing things like strength training and yoga, especially, brings the mobility, strength, which which enables uh, to be uh, like 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 uh, like I've heard I've heard this dialogue from this uh, actor Dharmendra, right? In one of his movies, he says, you know, it's not about the age; it's about mileage. 
Uh, Absolutely. It's, it's like that. <laughs> it's like that. So you want to you stay strong, you can keep doing it true. for a longer time, right? True, true, true. Absolutely, absolutely. So that would be my third uh, advice, Santosh. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. The other one, the next one I would say is you do all of this. You have a method, right. following it consistently, you're cross-training. You will be hard-pressed to find anybody who has not been injured. You mm-hmm. will get injured. It's just, it, it happens, right? Mm-hmm. When you run into injury or injuries over a longer period of time, I think just being aware, listening to your body, knowing when an injury is coming and when you actually get one, working with the best resources that you have. So working with a you know, physical therapist, go tap into your doctor, right? Yeah. Uh, go talk to your coach. But knowing that you have an injury, you're starting to feel that there's something odd and taking care of that early on, um, Santosh, I think helps quite a bit. Um, Mm-hmm. Like I said, there are people who have you know who are professionally trained, like physical therapists, right? Yeah. Uh, go spend time with them. Uh, you know, make sure it's a part of your regular training. Um, if you have doctor, go work with a doctor. Manage your injuries. Injuries will happen, but listen to them early. Manage them well, and make sure you know, you, you're working with people who do it professionally to come out of your injury. They will happen. Just have yeah. to be smart about it. Yeah, and I think um, just to add to that, right, uh, I, I also uh, think that it makes sense to uh, build a relationship with a, a physical therapist or a chiropractor Absolutely. in the community who knows you and who knows, who's worked with you uh, for some time when things are not necessarily uh, Absolutely. bad, right? Absolutely. So Absolutely. I, right. So I have a chiropractor that I go every now and then. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, he, you know, it's uh, he fixes me up for the small little niggling uh, pains, or there are pulls and pushes in your muscle. Like you said, you know, catch it early because yeah. you know the small little tightness in your uh, quads or your hamstrings may be a beginning of something that's bigger coming. You go to a chiropractor, he fixes it. Absolutely. Uh, first, you prevent it. Second, you also build a relationship with somebody who knows you. Right. So absolutely, absolutely. I, I completely agree with that. That's a great, uh, a great yeah. tip. Sandesh, I'm going to build on something that you said, relationships, right? I mean, you'll be amazed how helpful, you know, your physical therapist, your massage therapist, your doctors are when they know you are doing something seriously and, uh, mm. you know, you take them seriously. They become a yeah. part of your uh, kind of enablers. So mm-hmm. your doctor, your chiropractor in your case, your massage therapist, uh, you know, your physical therapist, they will know you better. They are yeah. vested and they want you to succeed because it's also, you know, for them, it's a professional fulfillment, right? First to get yeah. somebody back, to keep somebody healthy. Uh, that's why they chose the, that profession. So mm-hmm. you'll be amazed mm-hmm. when you tap into those resources, how amazing, uh, you know, how amazingly these these folks help you out. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Makes sense. So which brings you to the last one. So I'm going to yeah. use your punchline. So you said mileage, but not age, right? Yeah. I was, I would, I was thinking about it a little differently. I would, I was, you know, going to say distance and not speed, but I'm going to flip mm. it around and I'm going to say mileage yeah. and not age. I personally, when I observe uh, Santosh and it's my just limited observation, I somehow feel people tend to focus a lot more on things like speed, right? Mm-hmm. And especially in running, which is a high impact sport, 
I'm just going to quote a stat that I read somewhere that 75% of even high school uh, cross country runners get injured at one point or the other. Mm-hmm. You're talking about like teenagers. So imagine the amount of injuries that older people get, right? So running will cause injuries. Biking, in my experience, has been a little lesser. Uh, it's more of impact injuries rather than like, you know, um, overuse injuries. Swimming probably causes the least injuries. You can still get some. But again, the idea being targeting distance and not speed, in my opinion, helps. Speed is, again, mm-hmm. an outcome of things that you do. If you trained yeah. well, if you have trained over a period of time, if you have followed a plan, if you have been consistent, if you have worked with the ecosystem, if you have done enough strength training, if you have done enough cadence work, speed should almost be the outcome of what you do and not the goal. Mm-hmm. Right, right. So go distance, uh, you know, uh, mileage and not age. Yeah. Yeah, we we will will uh, will give uh, Dharmendra, the actor Dharmendra, the credit or his scriptwriter in that in that movie. True, true, this. true, true, true. So uh, no, the, the, that that makes a lot of sense, and and, and in fact, I think uh, just to add another uh, you know element to this, right? I think running, you read any book worth its salt on coaching uh, training, uh-huh. and you uh-huh. will be they will the, the coach will tell you. It's eighty percent uh, moderate to low intensity exercise, Absolutely. and maybe twenty percent is high intensity. Uh, but Absolutely. you know, I think what happens is a lot of people who are who are into running or triathlons are Type A personalities. They want to go all out all the time, and you know, I think yeah. uh, sometimes that gets gets to you, right? Absolutely. But, hey, look, look, look at this, right? I mean, if you're running at a moderate intensity, uh, a uh, I think personally, you enjoy. Uh, that activity more, right? Uh, absolutely, absolutely. Right? You, you're looking around, if you're running in nature, if you're running in a park, you're able to experience the environment. You're not just zipping past everything and huffing and puffing and, you know, it's all, take it easy, man. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sometimes it's worth thinking, why are you doing this? You're doing this because you yeah. wanted an active lifestyle, right? You wanted yeah, to yeah. stay healthy. You want to, you know, be able to work better. I mean, I think it helps me professionally quite a bit because it allows me to be healthy. It allows me to focus, right? right? It allows me to, uh, you know, just uh, not miss work because of uh, not being healthy, right? So yeah, yeah. that's the purpose. I'm not in for a Olympic gold. Uh, yeah, yeah. So if I was in for Olympic gold, then there would have been a different formula to it, right? At this yeah, point yeah, in time, yeah. it's more of, can you be in the best health that you can possibly be? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. No, that 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 is uh, great advice. I think it makes sense. And, uh, you know, there are, uh, especially in, in running, there are things like uh, heart rate-based training. There is a run-walk method. You know, there's a Absolutely. whole bunch of uh, methods available that allow you to train more uh, sensibly. And uh, so you you are also at your best at the day of the race, you know. When you go out and do your race, you you do well. Uh, absolutely. And, and so, absolutely. Right? See, I'll, I'll just quote another example just on that. So run walk method. There is a coach in our run, Asha running program, Abhijit. You know, once he talked about this run walk method, I looked it up. Uh, I just thought that you know once I adapted, it worked really well for me. So I kind of follow a ratio of run walk. Mm-hmm. And in my first, I am my five last five miles were actually the fastest. Why? Mm. Because I kind of, you know, adapted his program. The focus was not on speed, run, walk, you know, keep your heart rate in check. Um, mm. It makes sure that you're not like, uh, uh, you know, burning out too early and managing the run, walk. My goal was to do the last five miles the fastest. Uh, that's how it turned out. So, right. again, uh, you know, it's not just, it, it's not about speed. It's about being healthy. It's about 
making sure you have control over whatever you're doing, be it biking, be it swimming, be it running, be it weight training. Um, the, the end goal is health, not necessarily speed. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. No, that those are great uh, uh, five, uh, your top five. Is there anything else you want to add to it or this is… This is no, uh, I think that's… that's you covered that's, it all. Uh, that's probably what I could squeeze out of my limited experience. Yeah. What about nutrition? Um, anything you do differently uh, since you started uh, Ironman? I do, honestly don't do much differently, Santosh, mm. but I do use, I, I mean, I just apply common sense, you know, common judgment. Mm. Uh, there are a couple things that I just stay away from because, I, you know, there is enough data to say that they don't work well in general. I try to stay away as much from animal foods as possible. Okay. You may ask why. Well, <clears throat> here is some data. So Indians are one sixth of the population, but they get sixty percent heart attacks. Mm. Right. So in the genetic lottery, one thing that we didn't get very well was cardiac health. Mm. And cardiac health at a simplistic level is a function of what you eat and how you key stay active. What mm. you eat again, you have to manage your, uh, uh, you know triglycerides and your cholesterol well if you cut animal products your cholesterol intake is gone if you managed oily and fried food your triglycerides are gone you stay a little bit healthy your cardiac health is good that's the biggest mm. risk that you and i have with the genes that we have mm. right so i do try to keep animal products out other than that honestly i don't do anything extraordinary i think the regular food that we eat is good enough mm-hmm. um little bit paying attention that you're getting the right amount of protein at the right amount of time that you need. You're getting enough fiber. You're getting it more from like plant-based sources as opposed to mm-hmm. something else. I think that's just common sense, right? If I have a piece of bread in front of me, which is processed carb versus a banana, mm-hmm. uh, I, if I value my health, I should pick banana and not the bread. Right. So right. Makes sense. I think just common sense. sense. I haven't significantly changed my diet. Mm-hmm. I think it's, uh, you know, most of the diet is just common sense. Okay. Yeah, makes sense. But few rules that if I for for mm-hmm. if somebody was listening to few rules, I would say staying away from animal products as much as possible. Mm-hmm. It helps. Uh, staying away from processed uh, food helps. So processed carbs more so than anything else. Staying away from I think oily and fried food helps. Getting closer to raw food, so salads, fruits. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're a meat eater, maybe you know grilled chicken. Something like that, boiled eggs will help. So just stay away from processed food, go closer to raw food. One of the biggest determinants of uh, quality of food is who cooked it. So as mm. much as possible, cook your food yourself because then mm. you know what's going into the food. Right, right. Yeah. Makes sense. I th- I great, great, uh, great uh, tips there. Simple ones, but uh, can make a whole lot of difference because I think sometimes in the area of nutrition, People get very overwhelmed uh, in true, terms of true, what do I true. eat? When do I eat? How much do I eat before my first workout? How much do I eat after yeah. my first workout? All that stuff. So in a way, I, I like your approach, which is to keep it simple, keep some basic principles um, yeah. and, and go and, and try and you know build it from there. Yeah, absolutely. So right? it's not that complicated. Uh, yeah. So uh, great. Uh, so what's next in your, uh, what are you up to next? So what's next? I mean, I think what I would like to continue is, like I said, uh, to me, uh, staying healthy and active is a part of my day-to-day life. So I would, that's something that a keep for me. Uh, I just want to keep that. So stay active, do something, train for something that I would want to keep. 
personally in my journey um santosh like i said running i have been new to so i do probably want to get a better runner uh that can come in variety of ways probably doing some cross training um <clears throat> which i've been doing like you know work a little bit more on strength training that's focused more towards running so i personally work with a trainer now with one of that being one of the goals and just being more regular at running mm-hmm. and then at certain point in time when i feel that i'm probably if if i am ready for the next level then i'll try and push that boundary if i'm not ready then just you know uh, just try to see in my whatever distance i do uh whatever i'm training for if i can get better again speed not being the outcome being a strong runner if being a little leaner helps if being focusing more on strength training doing a little bit more yoga which i do which i think as is a great form of recovery mm-hmm. that's what i would like to do and then if i feel ready then i would i might want to push a little bit boundaries on running that would be one area that i want to kind of push uh, santosh and any event that's coming up <laughs> So I have two um I have two Ironmans that I signed up for this year. So last year I mm-hmm. did two. I did uh, Sacramento that was in October and Phoenix in November. Sacramento I do because it's close by logistics are simpler. Phoenix mm-hmm. I do because my son is in Phoenix. He's uh, he's okay. at ASU. So one other reason for me to go and see him and it's almost like buy one get one free. I train for Sacramento and within 4 weeks is Phoenix. So if I can recover well I do Phoenix almost with no extra effort. So yeah. that's what I have for this year. This year also I tried to consciously keep a little low because my daughter is in 11th grade. So this is mm. the important year for her. Uh I try not to impact their schedule. <clears throat> so I'll do things at odd times. Sometimes they are not like in the night I'll go do something because they're sleeping. So this year my focus is to not impact her schedule. Uh make sure I'm able to give her time that she needs. But I still think that something like Ironman as 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 uh, you know uh difficult as it may sound in terms of schedule i think if you if if i am a little bit smart if somebody is a little bit smart about it it's not very difficult to put it, to put it into your schedule you can very well do it you just have to be a little bit you know smart about it so it's absolutely doable so for me next mm-hmm. is next event those are to my next uh, two next i really don't want to sign up for anything else i had quite a few carryovers last year uh okay. give this year to my daughter let her get through her 11th grade and then we'll figure it out makes sense awesome uh well we're coming to last part and one yeah. last part the other part i think i feel like i said i always some way or the other want to do is give back to the community i mean i've been mm-hmm. very lucky with uh throughout you know with my even my college uh, coaches and um you know scouting the resources that i got i tried giving back as a scout master <clears throat> you know i've been on school boards and stuff so give back asha has given me like you know uh, many good resources so i do want to in some way or the other keep giving back i think that's one thing that mm-hmm. i would like to do it just puts more purpose and like i said asha is a tremendous organization very noble cause so i do want to right. keep you know giving back as somewhat of my focus sure makes sense um you know all the best uh, best with that um So coming to a last part of our conversation here Manish which is a fun Q&A round that I have with my guest uh, you ready for that Yeah absolutely <laughs> Okay let me pull up my questions here Okay my first question uh, I ask all my guests is uh, what's your favorite junk food What's my favorite junk food uh, McDonald's french fries <laughs> That's classic that's quintessential it's the best best french fry in the world best french fry in the world <laughs> so when do you reward yourself 
with this after your workouts or what or every now and then I, there's no plan to it i think couple times a month i'll give it you know give it to uh-huh. myself uh but yeah no no more than couple times a month but yeah I'll, okay. that's one thing that uh-huh. i'll take mcdonald's french fries okay okay um what's your favorite way to spend a lazy day other than uh, training what do you what do is what, favorite, is sorry, sorry, what is your favorite what's your favorite way to spend a lazy day what's my favorite way to spend a lazy day i like reading newspapers just mm. being aware of what goes on in the community more local newspapers so like i have san jose mercury news here um, mm. i would like to read those i also have a little bit of uh, inclination towards economics so just reading mm. what's going on in the market you know read barons new york times economics is one of my favorite sub, you know topics so i i try to okay. keep a handle on that yeah that that, that nice. would be something not books per se but more uh, just being aware of like what's going on in the community newspapers right got it nice interesting um are you a, a sunset or a sunrise person uh by nature i am a sunset person by training i am a sunrise person so <laughs> okay. left to myself i, I would sleep at 3 <laughs> left to myself i would sleep at 3 that's what that's the time i used to sleep up until end of college but now i get up around 5 5:30 i oh wow that's what is required yeah that's what is required now so by my if you leave it to me i'm a late night person but you know i get up early nice nice um a bucket list race on the horizon for you a bucket list say there again the voice quality race. bucket li- race race uh i don't have a bucket list race race per se but i do think i'm going to answer it a little differently what's what is it that i want to do um i think i do want to do a few more ironmans Uh, and like i said if i get better at running then maybe look at something else uh, to push boundaries on running i don't have a target race per se but those are two things that i want to you know push a little more few more ironmans mm-hmm. get a little better at it uh, make it a part of my daily routine and also push the boundaries on uh, uh, on on running mm so no bucket list race no bucket list iron man the one that new zealand you know that something like that i don't know there's there's an iron man in new zealand i wanted to, so honestly to answer that question there were two that's on my list mm. there is a mm. one i forget the name it's lake um it's it's close to new york i forget the name that's uh, that's one i wanted to do alaska but they have canceled alaska this year so mm. i want to see if alaska comes back next year alaska would be one that i would want to do if it comes back mm. Hmm. Nice. This okay. somehow you know I I anyway want to go to Alaska but the looking at the videos and pictures and just Alaska being such a different uh, place that's oh, that's on my list but as luck would have it as you know whenever I want to do something it gets cancelled right so <laughs> all right <laughs> okay uh, the last one is um, if we made a movie out of your life uh-huh. uh, a what uh, genre would you put it in and b who would you hire to play your character what would it be i think it would be a thriller i have done a lot of mm. thrilling stuff okay so n number of things i mean you know just um <clears throat> just on my professional personal front just the places i grew up kind of jobs that i have done i think there's a lot of mm. thrill in uh at that when you do it it some, somehow is a little bit intimidating but when i look back i've done i think i usually don't say no to things that come across my way so i've done a lot mm. of stuff a lot of thrilling stuff that would mm. be one who would i want to play it 
it'll be odd but i think the 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 personality that i like the best among sports personalities shoe bakhtar so that would not be but he's answer. not an actor i know he's not a good actor but uh, who would it be you got to hire an actor to play your character <laughs> i had an actor to play my character who do i like uh, i like farhan akhtar i just because the guy is very versatile so yeah and he's played a lot of sports movies too he has played a lot of sports movies that's probably why i have a little bit more affinity for him also yeah yeah all right farhan akhtar there's a script coming your way yeah farhan akhtar is close to shoaib akhtar right at least the akhtar is common <laughs> Yeah, but honestly yeah. soeb akhtar is one that i really admire the guy came from mm. from a town which is nowhere in pakistan uh you know he did what is one of the most injury prone things that you can do which is fast bowling yeah. uh, and i relate to it because i kind of used to do that in my you know when i was playing cricket mm. managed his injuries he has had some serious injuries but you know it was like he would die bowling but he would you know he would do what uh, mm-hmm. what was required and that speeds that he has touched i mean think about it yep. nobody in the history of cricket has ever touched that right you have all these mm-hmm. amazing resources people growing up in all these developed countries this is a kid growing up in rawalpindi and he bowls the fastest bowls ever bowled like you know in the history yeah. of sport right so you have to give yeah. it yeah yeah awesome hey uh, uh manish that was a great conversation uh, uh definitely took away quite a bit of uh, uh learning in you know through your um journey uh coming to the last uh, kind of end here wrap up any uh final last message to the audience that you want to give i'll give you the last word i would say make it uh you know especially on fitness it's a part of your daily life i mean you have to value your fitness right so uh, you know what i'm going to close it this way i used to go to a gym that was close to my uh a uh, house it had a board i'll translate it in english for you it said people who do not find time for fitness or gym have to find time for doctors and hospitals mm-hmm. so you better off being healthy and staying active as opposed to you know spending time at the hospital and doctors so do that makes sense you have to find time that always, for something so that maybe, always yeah. that always stayed with me that you know that thing always stayed this was gym right next to my house and there was a board on the wall and it always stayed with me yeah perfect great message hey manish again uh, thank you so much for sharing uh, your uh, experience and wisdom here uh, and wishing you all the best in the races that you've signed up and whatever you are up to next your running journey um, you know we'll we'll keep a we'll root for you and keep a track of what you're doing so until then you know all the best and um, let you go wonderful thank you and you know you do an amazing job take time out of your day and you know spread the word around uh, raise the awareness you know i also wanted to extend my gratitude to what you do you invest it you know you invest time out of your personal uh, this thing right so uh, what to say thank you for what you do thank you that is mine all right bye bye thank you wonderful